Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to the Help Desk. My name is Peter Wells. And I'm Tess Bennett. And big news over in Washington today, Tess. Yeah, so firstly to a story that we flagged yesterday. And the CEOs of Twitter, Facebook and Google have appeared at a US Senate committee hearing this morning. And it was nominally about Section 230, which is part of a 1996 statute that grants internet platforms broad legal immunity for the user-generated content that appears on their platforms. So it allows them to moderate that content without fear of taking any legal liability. However, Wired reports that the hearing was mostly an opportunity for Republicans on the committee to berate Twitter CEO Jack Dorsey for supposedly discriminating against conservative users. This is the law that is generally referred to as safe harbour that your Facebooks and your YouTubes are allowed to use to say that they're not responsible for the content on their platforms. Yeah, Jack Dorsey took uh, the brunt of questions and he looked pretty odd in the setting. He had a gigantic beard and it looked like he hadn't washed his hair in about six weeks, but God bless Jack Dorsey. I, I often wonder if, if it's a, you know an act that he's playing, but based on yesterday's story that he used to leave work early to go to yoga meetings, I guess it's not an act. Yeah, it was a pretty impressive lockdown beard. <laughs> and I think, yeah, if you're that rich, you, you, you get a choice in your lifestyle, basically. Mm. So I'd say it's, it's all probably pretty optional. Yeah. One of the uh, really frustrating things about the entire video, which I, I don't expect anyone to watch. It's, it goes for far too long, but there are good recaps if, if you want to go out and see them, is that Republicans continually mispronounce Sundar Pichai's name. Now, Sundar Pichai is the CEO of one of the US's most successful and valuable companies. So you think that they could at least uh, make an effort to get his name right. They, they didn't seem to stumble over Zuckerberg once. No, it's, um, it, yeah, it's amazing how disrespectful the people can be with those sort of like basic courtesies. Uh, Mr. Dorsey, who the hell do you think you are, cried Senator Ted Cruz. It was one of the more embarrassing little moments of a very long four-hour meeting that was full of embarrassment. But yeah, Ted Cruz, for me, took away the, the honour of the most embarrassing, ridiculous uh, grandstanding of the proceedings. So according to a New York Times tally, Dorsey was asked 58 questions in total, more than the 49 that went to Mr. Zuckerberg and 22 for Mr. Pachai. Indeed, indeed. Which is strange because, again, I think YouTube has a lot to answer for as well, but people don't see it that way. Anyway, sticking with media and censorship, uh, Spotify has defended the guest of Joe Rogan. Spotify signed up Joe Rogan last year for over $100 million. The uh, the full deal was never really, really kind of made public, but uh, he is one of their big gets for Spotify. He's going to eventually go completely 
under Spotify's uh, video and podcasting section. So he'll remove his videos from YouTube. But in the meantime, he's still on YouTube and a whole bunch of other places. And he interviewed Alex Jones, the the crazy man who thinks that water is turning the frogs gay, amongst other things. That's his most famous clip, I would say. But yes, did you manage to sit down and watch the Joe Rogan experience with Alex Jones yesterday? No, I have never listened to Joe Rogan. I was surprised to read that it went for three hours that uh yeah that was a surprise to me i guess the the thing everyone is pointing out about this is alex jones was kicked off a lot of platforms last year for his own conspiracy theories that he was spreading uh including spotify Mm, absolutely yeah and he was kicked off uh, apple podcasts as well but this joe rogan podcast will be available on apple podcasts just just for fun so it's an interesting one i mean alex jones played video clips that were taken off YouTube. He spread conspiracy theories that Bill Gates is trafficking vaccines to get 100% of people sick. He denied climate change and he spread disproven conspiracy theories about Joe Biden. And that was just in in one small segment of, of the section that I watched and I didn't watch the whole thing. I've never really watched uh, Joe Rogan either and I don't really understand the the appeal there, but it, it really does call into question Spotify's $100 million podcasting contract with the man. At what point do does Spotify get, become less of a platform that can sit back and say, well, you know, that's just Joe and more of an editorial that has chosen to make Joe a star? Yeah, they are getting a lot closer to being a media company and dealing with talent. When you were describing that made me, my mind went straight to Alan Jones. Yeah, not a new problem as just a problem of talent management and who's got more power there, the the, the talent or the board broadcaster. And moving on to gig economy companies, which are campaigning hard against something called Proposition 22 in the US at the moment. So according to the Wall Street Journal, Uber, Lyft and DoorDash are spending tens of millions of dollars and flooding voters with messages in a neck-and-neck battle to preserve their current business model in California. So the Wall Street Journal reports that they're spending around $200 million to persuade voters to approve a ballot measure that would exempt them from a new state law requiring businesses to reclassify contract workers as employees. So, Peter, what did you make of this story? (laughs) Fascinating. I first saw this pop up. It's the the U.S., election system is is fascinating on many levels as as we've all come to realize but uh one is the fact that so many you know propositions are voted on around the same time as major elections and i i really feel sorry for the the us electorate like it, it's really hard to figure out what is going on and what what each proposition is actually about because so often they're they're worded in a way that the negative would be voting yes and the positive would be voting no and things like that just to really confuse you. Uh, And so, yeah, I first stumbled across Prop 22 when I got an email from Uber that thought I was a US resident, I guess, saying that uh, I I should definitely vote yes or no or (laughs) whichever one that they wanted me to do. Mm. And as soon as I saw that, I thought, well, I bet you the good one is the other one. (laughs) So I don't know. Um, I I am fascinated by this. Obviously, uh, the gig economy is kind of powering a lot of people to stay at home at the moment. This is it's been an incredible, uh, you know, Amazon delivery and Uber and all of these kind of things are, are really helping people stay at home. So it's been really really important. And and for me, that says that these these essential workers kind of deserve the same benefits as most other workers. 
So flip side of that might be that if you're a voter and you've been at home a lot for the last six months, any kind of threat that your gig economy services might be taken away or might be changed or, you know, Uber threatened to pull out of California at one stage, Mm. that is potentially something that would be used to motivate you to vote the other way. Uh, Not saying like, of of course, his employees deserve healthcare, especially in the US, but I think it is interesting how that could be used to persuade people to act one way or another. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I I think that if people understood how much an Uber would cost with benefits for the for the driver, then many people would probably not take an Uber or order Uber Eats on a, on a whim. If, mm. if, yeah, if the real cost was passed on to, to the consumer. And I guess state of play in Australia seems to be that the debate is similar over are they employees or independent contractors? And there's been a few cases raised, but really not much has changed. And the companies have been able to successfully argue that they are not employees, that they are independent contractors here in Australia. Anyway, closer to home, Jill Margot of the AFR reports on a Melbourne-based company called Synchron. They've got an Australian breakthrough in the field of brain-computer interfaces that sees that has seen two severely paralysed men control computers using their minds and Bluetooth. The process is pretty remarkable. You've got to read through to the story. A a tiny prosthesis is implanted in their brains that allows them to use vision and the power of direct thought to do daily tasks such as sending emails, conducting online baking, and even shopping. Pretty remarkable technology. Have you read this article? Yeah, I had a quick read of it, and it was pretty impressive. I think as well, if you think about what you can do by opening up shopping or online shopping to people who otherwise wouldn't be able to use it. That's that's quite remarkable. The technology is way ahead of Elon Musk's neuroscience startup Neuralink, according to the the author of this article, who knows a thing or two about this stuff. She is a an academic from the University of New South Wales, so she is more than capable of uh, commenting on that. Would you you feel more comfortable about this than uh, Elon's little brain experiments? Yes, yeah, so reading this made me feel much more comfortable with the idea of technology and things being inserted into our brains than anything that I've seen unveiled by Elon Musk in recent times. But don't you think that Elon and his uh, his army of Twitter fanboys would uh, really make sure that the, the tests were done ethically and, and, and very independently? Yeah, no comment on that. But the <laughs> I guess the this... It's hard to sort of pin them down on, on one thing. When you read about Neuralink, it's this giant project that's going to fix everything that's wrong with our brains, whereas what we're seeing here in Australia is a really clear example of improving people's lives. Mm, absolutely. And within three months of the implantation, both men were able to use their computers unsupervised at home uh, to do a whole bunch of different tasks. So amazing to think of that you could c- control a computer just with like looking at certain uh, touch inputs on, on the screen and things like that. But uh, yeah, it seems to be coming along. And, and uh, another really nice moment in the article, they, they just mentioned that this technology is not necessarily new, that there are uh, concepts, proof, proof of concepts out there that are doing the same thing, but it's uh, generally a person you know hooked up to a computer the size of a living room, whereas this is something that is so small that they can insert and then take home and then use themselves. Yeah, it looks like a very promising development. Well, that's all we have time for on Thursday, the 29th of October on the Help Desk. Thank you, Tess Bennett. Thanks, Peter. And we will speak to you tomorrow. Bye. Bye.